pray together while you're still still standing. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day and we thank you wherever we're watching, either here in person or, or digitally via the live stream, we thank you that your presence is with us. We thank you that no matter where we are with you, you love us and are with us. And as we gather and, and hang out with one another during this time, we thank you for your presence that gives us life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello. Good to see your faces. Good to see you online. You may have a seat. Hey, let's give this worship team one last hand, though. So whether you are sitting here in person, whether you are watching live, or whether you are hearing us out there at Wimberley Hills and anywhere else in the neighborhoods, we want to welcome you to Cypress Creek Church. We are a group of imperfect people that are doing our best to worship and follow the perfect Savior named Jesus. That's what we're about here. And so wherever you're at, welcome. It's good to be together virtually and physically. I also want to point out, if you missed the announcement, we have the guide of the Connect card, prayer card, serve card. All of that is digital. So if you pull up your phone and you go ccc.guide, ccc.guide, Taylor Christensen, of course, the man. Give it up for Taylor. He's uh, somewhere. He put all, all, everything's virtual so you can check out the verses from the message. You can look at the song lyrics and the names and you can fill out the connect card. If you need prayer, if there's something weighing on you this morning, go ahead. If you're at home, just go ccc.god. It's also on the front page of the website and you can uh, submit a prayer request. Uh, our prayer Pastor Rhonda is here, and so if you need prayer afterwards, know that anyone, we're here to, to be together. We're here to minister to and for one another, amen? And so let's allow this space, even though it looks a little different, to continue to be the gathering of, well, the believers. And this is the house of the Lord. We're in his creation. Beautiful day. Last, how about our kids, Pastor Scarlett, put putting together all of the kids. Good, thank you, Scarlett. And happy Mother's Day to all of you moms out there. Happy Mother's Day. We wouldn't be the same without you. I don't see my mom here. Mom, you're maybe watching online. I don't. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Abuelita, Feliz Dia de las Madres. Taylor, Susan, happy Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day may not be happy for many. And so what I want to do is honor all moms and what all motherhood looks like by reading some words. And so if you would be so kind to listen and join me as we honor moms today. If I find my piece of paper with the Mother's Day. Technology, one second, please. Because this is important. I want to do this well. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. 
to those who walk the hard path of infertility fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment. We walk with you and forgive us. When we say foolish things, we don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have a warm, close relationship with your children, we celebrate you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who have lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who live through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those who step parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envisioned lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart. And we have real warriors in our midst. We love you. Happy Mother's Day. Let me pray and bless all the mothers. Lord, we thank you for our moms. We bless them in your name, Jesus. We thank you for all that they have to deal with. And we ask that you would strengthen them today and allow them to know that the one who cherishes them the most is you, Jesus. And I thank you for the example that you set, Father, and how, how you, Jesus, loved your mom and said, blessed is she. And so we bless all moms in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, things look a little different today, don't they? We started in this new phase of both gathering in person and digitally continuing to live stream. And, and I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of voices in my head through different news media outlets, what this person says, what that neighbor says, opinion here, opinion there about what's going on, what is good, what is bad, what's being manipulated. Am I alone? A lot of information out there. And what I want to do today and really every week that we come together is focus on the most powerful message that no one can shake, the truest message of all. And that is what we are here to celebrate. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we are loved, that we are known, that he is doing something new in us. Not only is he doing something new on our circumstances, we've never worshiped out here. I know that there's so many new circumstances that you're living in, but I'm talking about him doing something new inside of us. I'm talking about him doing something new spiritually. Whether you have been walking with Jesus for many, many years or whether you are just starting now or whether you're still figuring out what that looks like, he's doing something new. And that newness can be uncomfortable. <laughs> When we are taken out of our comfort zone, we kind of looked at those concentric circles many weeks back. Sometimes we go straight into that panic zone, but where I want us to land is in that growth zone where we are taken out of our comfort zone and we are 
growing. And what are we growing to be? We're growing to become more like Jesus because this world needs more Jesus. And he needs you to be like Jesus so that other people can know how awesome Jesus is. That's what he wants to use us. And so that's what I want to talk about today, how to live in the new how to live this new life that we are called to live. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. And the old has gone and the new has come. So when we are in Christ, that means that there's a lot of old stuff that has gone. I don't know again about you, but I can tell you that in my life, when I've been taken out of my comfort zone, now that things have changed a little bit, I've seen some of that old stuff kind of come back. Let me rewind and talk about that old for me. I want to look at the scripture in Isaiah 43. I want to look at Ephesians 2. And then I want to close out with a story. We will close really with worship. So that's where we're going to be. We're talking about living the new life. And I grew up with amazing parents that always gave me new. New was really a part of our vocabulary. We moved a lot. We moved houses a lot. We moved cities a lot. I moved from Mexico City to Miami when I was six, then to Texas when I was 13. God bless Texas. I've never left since. Actually, I left for two years to DC, but never mind. We won't count those. And I left another year to go live in the Netherlands, but never mind. So point is, there was a lot of new in my life, but the newest new happened when I turned, uh, well, after I turned 18 and I moved to Texas State University and I started going to this community group. And in this community group were all these people that were talking about Jesus as if they actually knew him. Not like only they knew about him or, or knew about what the Bible said, but they acted as if they actually knew God and were walking with him every day. That was a pretty radical change in my life because be before then, there was a lot of head knowledge. There wasn't a lot of life behind that knowledge. You know what I mean? Have you ever met somebody like that? Or, or have you ever been that person, your head here, but you're not really walking it out? And so it was so refreshing for me to see that. And before I knew it, I was like, I don't want to do the church thing. I don't want to call myself a Christian. I don't want to, man, I was being baptized. I was here every single Sunday. And I was like, who is this guy? That's the new. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And you know, I came back and talked to my parents about that new, and it was a process for them. But do you know where the biggest process had to happen? It wasn't with my family. It was with my friends, with my old friends. And, and I had to explain why I was choosing not to do the same things that we were doing. Students, I know that you've probably been in those situations. Parents, adults, I know you have as well, where you're trying to explain why aren't you acting the way that you used to? Well, there's something new. And the new is better. And the new actually satisfies. And the new fills us with purpose. And the new is Jesus. And all of a sudden, that became the thing. And it wasn't a walk that I walked by myself. I had this body of Christ walking the walk with me every single day. But what I want to encourage us as we open up the scriptures, I want to encourage you to think about some of those old things that may have crept up in this new season. Because when we're taken out of our comfort zone, man, I don't know about you, but I don't run straight into the closet and start praying to Jesus. I try to find ways to comfort myself. I find to control things so that I can get what I want 
first. I do go to Jesus and I'm learning to do do that more and more. But we have this thing called our sinful nature. Let me first read these verses in Isaiah and then we'll continue talking about the old. We're in Isaiah chapter 43 and when we've read these verses before, when we started this Go Deep series, says, fear not for I have redeemed you. These are the words of God. Fear not for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Now, some of us may just need to hear those words this morning. Fear not. I have redeemed you. I'm working in your life for good. I have called you by name. I know you by your first. I know you by your middle. I know you by your nickname that nobody, maybe two or three people or only your mama knows. I have called you by that name and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I wanna jump to verse 15. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your King. Could just hold on and, and, and hold on to what that means. I am the Lord. God's in control. He is our master. He is holy. He is set apart. He is awesome. He's Israel's creator. He's the creator of all of this beauty that we get to celebrate. What an awesome church we have that we can just literally bring things out here and hold church outside. And if you're home, hopefully the sun and the shades, you know, looks all right. Point is we have amazing ways. God of genius allowed us to have technology as many of us curse for a long time. Now we're thankful for it because we're able to gather virtually. Point being is God is our creator. He is, he is our king. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. When Isaiah is talking about, he's, he's talking about when Moses, God through Moses brought the people out of Egypt, out of slavery into this land that God had promised for them to live. So he's reminding them of what he has done for them. But check this out in verse 18, he says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and the streams in the wasteland. He is doing a new thing. He's doing something new in you and in me through all of this. And sometimes we allow circumstance to dictate what we feel or how we grow. But what I want to encourage us to to do is ask, God, what are you doing in me? What new thing are you doing in me? And allow that to dictate our circumstance, how we feel about it at least. If we can't change whatever may be going around us, whatever giant we may be facing, we can be sure that God is doing a new thing in us. But there is the old that holds us back. There's the old that we run to. There's those comforts. There's those habits. Again, maybe some of those have been unearthed through the season in you. Maybe you've seen old habits come back. You've run to comforts. For me, I have been shocked how impatient I've been with my kids and, and my family. And, and I, I, I've, I've just had to step back and say, what's going on? You know what I heard? He said, hey, come to me. Come to me. You're not spending time with me. There's a difference between knowing about me and actually knowing me and spending time with me. 
So in Ephesians, we, we read about these old things. In Ephesians chapter two, it says that once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Aren't you glad you came this morning to hear that word? Doesn't that make you feel all good and bubbly and sad? Like, man, I used to follow the devil. I used to follow the passionate desires and inclination of our sinful nature. Whew, hallelujah. No, that's not good news. The good news is the verse right after in these first two words, but God is so rich in his mercy. He loved us so much that even though, even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and has seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us and shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. In this go, Let's Go Deep series, we've talked about that we are helpless. We can't earn God's love by praying more, by reading our Bibles more, or by fasting more, even if we fast for 40 days and 40 nights without anything like Jesus did in the desert. We can't earn God's love. Verse eight says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it for we are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece and he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And so today as we focus on the new, maybe for the first time ever, let's accept those words that Paul is speaking to the church in Ephesus about saying, receive Christ anew in you. If, your, if the old has come in and is crippling you, there is new today for us to grab. And all it says that we need to do is believe. Believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and declared victory over sin. And we no longer have to be defined by the old. We can be in the new. There is no shame. There's no condemnation. Just like there ain't no shame if you don't want to wear one of these and look like a bandito. There's no pressure here. We just want to live in a safe place where we know that God has done something incredible for us. And so let us respond together. That is the new. And I've been reminded about the new more this season than ever before. Eight people connected to this church have passed away since January. I don't remember how many were last, how many passed away last year or the year before, but I'm pretty sure there's been like three people that have passed away in the last three years in our church body. Eight. They've all known Jesus and I know where they all are, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. And that doesn't mean that we don't ask God, why? What are you doing? What does this mean? And you know, we have hope because we are in Jesus. Not only can we live the new now, but we can look forward to when God makes all things new and we're reunited in heaven forever and we get to rejoice 
We're in a place when there is no sin, no sickness, no death, no sorrow. We can rejoice in the presence of God forever and ever. That's the new that we that's the, that's the hope that we get to hold on to when we are in Christ. We, we know that when we have said yes to Jesus Christ, we have been justified and it's just as if we'd never sinned. That's how God sees us. He doesn't look at the old, he looks at the new. And then in between the time that we come to faith in Jesus Christ and the time that we pass away, that whole, that's the toughest, it's called sanctification and God is refining us and God is allowing these trials to, to come so that we can say, Lord, I'm not holding on to the old, I'm I'm holding on to the new. I need you. I need your peace in me to get through this. And then when we pass away, it's called glorification. And we get to live in glory with Jesus forever and ever. And as we are in that sanctification process, as we are being transformed into the likeness of Jesus, let us think about what he is doing anew in us. It's a personal question. He's doing it for all of us, but I know that individually he's doing something new in you. And so as we go from this place, ask that question, God, what are you up to? What are you up to? And as we go to community group and as we talk to our friends, let's talk about this new thing. I wanna close with a story and worship team, you can come back up. This is a stone, it's a rock. David, before he was king, Right after he was anointed king as a young man, kind of in secret, there was another king named Saul. This is a story in, in 1 Samuel 15, 16. And you all know the story of David and Goliath. It's a famous story. But two things kind of stuck out to me as I reread it, and, and this is what I want to share with us. Sometimes old habits are kind of like the stone. We we turn to these stones to just throw at our problems. And we just try to, you know, throw and do things so that these things kind of disappear. And David had stones with him because he was a shepherd. And, and David had actually defeated a bear and a lion with a stone and a slingshot. It's pretty bad to the bone. I can't do that. We should bring the slingshot rock hunting back and get some bears and some lions. But David knew because he had done this in secret, when there was this giant named Goliath that showed up to the scene who was defying the name of the Lord, he was taunting the Israelites, he was a Philistine, he was taunting the Israelites because of who they were in God. He knew that he can do something with this rock. But let me just tell you something, the power was not in the rock. The power wasn't in how, how trained David was in slinging rocks. The power was in the name of the Lord. The power that transforms us, the power that brings the new is not in our own doing, but it is in who God says that we are. It is in the name of the living God. And so I want to read what David says here in 1 Samuel 16. David shows up, he sees this giant Goliath and he says, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. He's also like seven, six or whatever. But I come to you, says David, in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down. 
This rock can represent our own strength. And this rock can represent even good things like community maybe. But my encouragement to you as a community of God is let us turn and know God. Not just know about him, but let's know him. Wherever you're at in your faith journey, say, Jesus, show me. What are you doing in me? What are all of these things? And once we have that power, we can sling these rocks and we can sling the rock of community, the rock of prayer, the rock of the word of God. And and we can defeat those giants because we know that the power is in the name of God. And it's in who he is and who he says that we are. So let's leave here changed. Let's not leave here the same. If you're at home, just take a moment and ask God, Lord, what are you doing in me? Maybe share it with somebody. Share it in your community group. What are you doing that's new in me? Out with the old, in with the new. Anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. Let's stand up and pray. Father, I thank you for this space and this time that we get to worship you. And I pray that we would leave here knowing that it is your breath that has breathed life into our innermost beings. And, And if we are still thinking or considering what it really looks like to follow you, I pray that this would be a safe place where we could seek those things. And Lord, if there's anyone that is ready to say yes to you, Jesus, I pray that they would take this time to do that now and say, Jesus, I accept what you have done for me. I take what you did on the cross personally. And I pray for new life right now in your name, Jesus. I am powerless. And so I call upon the most powerful name, Jesus to breathe fresh life in me in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that we would leave here changed and that whatever giants we may face through this season, we may take comfort and know that you have overcome the grave and that you promise us new life and that you have given us your spirit and your peace through this time. It is in your mighty name that we pray. Amen. So as we close out in worship, at home, you can submit a prayer request or you can pray as a family here. Just know that we can pray with one another. Pastor Rhonda, I'm, other people are, are, are here to pray with you. And so let's leave here changed and let's come back together next week, whether digitally or physically, and continue to celebrate what God is doing in us. Amen.